from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Kitano Sayez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a tabletop-inspired, world-building, storytelling, and character creation podcast where each episode, I got it right this time, we take your incredible listener-submitted prompt, and we take that prompt and on improvisational style spin it into an original fantasy character, world detail, legend, myth, what have you, that helps develop an original fantasy world every episode we call fantasy. It's great show, great pitch, and hey, you know what? We're not weekly, but almost we're closing in on it. We're closing in on that goal, and it's all because of listeners like you. Um, But first, we love to start the show with wholesome bits. Wholesome bits. And wholesome th- bits. This week's wholesome bit is the same as always. Jeff, what's getting you excited this week? Aaron, we live in a golden age of television. If you are watching... Fraser Crane, I am going to, these headphone cables are very long. I can leave. I can head out. I can go get a fucking breakfast burrito. Aaron, Aaron, What? First of all, I could be watching Fraser Crane in a new 2023 TV series. You could be watching Fraser Crane right now while recording on another screen or your phone. Anyway, but we live in a golden age of television, Aaron. Uh, we do. With bold new programming coming out every day that is really pushing the boundaries of what television can be. That's Just correct. Just to say that I've been watching the 1990 sitcom Wings and also been rewatching Wait, Wings. Monk. What the fuck is. Wait, hold time. Go back. What the fuck is Wings? Hold on. You're going to make me pull my. <laughs> I had the prompt <laughs> up on my phone. <laughs> hold on. Wings, what year? 1990? From 1990 to 1997? Wow. What the fuck is this? Technically, Frasier only shows up in one episode. Dude, we were fucking three years old when this came out. This is old as dirt. No offense if you're listening and you liked Wings or if in 1990 you were an adult. (laughs) But for me, a fucking young millennial of 36, this old as fuck. (laughs) How is Wings, Jeff? It's getting you excited this week. It's okay. It's enjoyable. You caught me very off guard with this one. It's very pleasant. It's a very pleasant sitcom. Uh, hold on. Does it have a Rotten Tomatoes rating? Probably. Rotten? I mean, it's a beloved, it's a very beloved sitcom. Is it's it? got Tim Daly, who would be going on to play Superman in the animated series. No way. It's got a young Tony Shalhoub in it before he played Adrian Monk. I've also been watching a lot of Monk. Okay, now I'm seeing the connection. I was like, why? And that there's usually, listener, if you've been joining us, Aaron, there's always a tie-in. It's crucial to note that, um, you may have missed me say that. I'm not currently watching Frasier, but he does show up in an episode. Wait, is it actual Dr. Frasier Crane? Yeah, it's set in the Frasier Cheers no, universe. No, it's not. It's in the, it's, is this is part of the Avengers? This is part of the Avengers. Yo, <laughs> listeners at home, Wings went from 1990 to 1997. I swear, in our youth, anything could be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's about an airport in Nantucket. <laughs> Wow, that sounds awesome. And it's in the Frasier Monk, multi- not in the Monk multiverse, but not I the monkey, want not it the to monkey, be. Not the Monkverse. Not the Monkeyverse. <laughs> God damn it. Aaron, what's getting you excited this week? Oh, God. Um, what's getting me excited this week is I have four days off. Um, I've been, I was talking to my boss, one of my superiors, and she, uh, was like, I don't even know if you can call this a fucking catering company anymore. She's like, it's like high end douche events and we provide the food. Y'all, I have been getting murdered by that company in terms of shifts because we go to a convention next week. We do and go to I a need to make a lot week. of money. Yeah. And I'm hyped. I've been working my ass off so that I can freely ball out to be excited. Honestly, I'm very frugal in real life, but the breakfast buffet at Big Bad Con's hotel slaps so much harder than it should. And I 
fully plan on uh, destroying it every morning. So I've been working a lot. So now I have four days off. I have one shift, and then I leave on the 27th. I could not be more fucking excited for Big Bad Con, the AMFC Muppets retake a convention. I'm so excited. It's been a really long time since Legitimately, we've Legitimately, I'm so excited. Um, I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm, I'm going through a lot of emotions. Uh, it's going to be uh, an experience. Um, and if anybody is listening, I'm going to get this out before the con. I'm going to, yes, I will. I'm going to do it because I have four you, days off. I said you it. You don't have to. Like, I'd like that's, to or else uh, okay, I'm not going to be able to sleep when I'm in California. But um, there is an AMFC live. It's a fun version. It's called All Our Fantasy Children. And there are slots available where we have uh, multiple guests and we're going to be, I'm going to be pretty much like pointing the guests and we're going to make everything together group style. It's going to be so sexy. There's some of the most prolific minds in tabletop and entertainment are going to be on the panel. I'm excited. If you're going to Big Bad Con, come hang out with us. I'm so excited. It's going to be real great. That's what's getting me excited this week. Um, but what's really getting me excited this week is this motherfucking prompt, Jeff. It's a good um, prompt. I'm excited. It, Prompt this week comes to us from Magical Girl Kira in our Discord. This is from, oh, it's from 2023. No, I actually don't know what it is. It's kind of old. Uh, Prompt, the envoy from the Forest of Suffering. That's sick. It's, It's pretty intense. The envoy from the Forest of Suffering. And now, if I can, this doesn't have to be what the direction is. But I'd like to make a big, just an idea. I don't even know if you can call it a pitch. It's more of like a lob because you could smack it away really easily if you like. So here's my big old pitch. The first thing I thought of is... Fantasy uh, Club DJ. No, absolutely not. I won't <laughs> just do it. Just With figure, that, you know, maybe. <laughs> um, let me, the, the, the envoy from the fort. I mean, I will say uh, an envoy from the Forest of Suffering for me at 36 would be a DJ. Um, <laughs> someone was like... <laughs> The real they are the real estate agent. Well, no, real estate agents are the DJs of your thirties. Um, I loved that. I learned that phrase recently. I heard it. I was like, "Oof, that that's is a, too real." That's a good. Uh, <laughs> just can you like the just the fantasy? Uh, all I'm imagining is like a fantasy tavern and something. You're just like going about your day, and somebody quietly comes and starts setting up a DJ. They just like, open whoa, whoa, up a guard table. What are you table. doing? This is like a super chill uh, bar. Like we were just gonna sit and like the game's on mute. Opening a table. Like, no, please, no, please. Oh, <laughs> Can you hand me that box? It's got my records in it. Put Thank your you. hands up. Um, oh, it becomes a Kingdom Hearts battle like music, <laughs> which wouldn't be that bad, but very earth ear shatteringly loud. No, thank you. So my big pitch for you is you had mentioned a long time ago that our uh, big bads, the arcana, the society arcana, the people who basically make packs with demons to get power, you know what I mean? We talked about Mm -hmm. it in the campfire episode. Um, You said that they live in the Spire Obscura, which is a tower in the nightmare dimension, in the nightmare space, which is a pocket reality outside of fantasy where basically the bad people uh, exist before they eventually will take over fantasy and destroy lots of shit in the dark future timeline. However, the forest, what is it? The forest of suffering? The forest of suffering. Is that the forest that surrounds the Spire Obscura in the nightmare space And this envoy is the first person, this envoy, someone who carries a message, like a a messenger, comes to fantasy bringing a message, bringing cataclysm. Is this that kind of thing? Or are you thinking something different? I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, an envoy from something called the Forest of Suffering. I'm thinking they're bringing, you know, destruction. Or they're bringing a message of like, hello, we're about to fuck your shit up. I want to throw out a very big pitch to build on this because this is good this is a good energy i like i like the forest of suffering being a place that is fundamentally terrifying yeah like something outside of reality i want to throw out like a very big pitch about the nature of this envoy so here's where my head is at because i heard you say you know negotiating with the bad people and my my head i'm like i don't want to negotiate with fascists i don't want that to be a thing in our world but i like the idea of Think Godzilla, right? A cosmic presence of such immense power and terror that you kind that just kind of is. It's not it is it is immense and it is suffering and it is horrifying. 
and it's a problem, but it's not one that you can, you know, fight. It's one that you kind of got to, like, row around. And the way that there are scientists in Godzilla movies whose job it is to fuck, we gotta, we gotta make sure Godzilla's still on our side, or we gotta make sure Godzilla does not show up in our town. There is a person whose role it is to be like, y'all, the Forest of Suffering has enacted an edict. I bring that edict forward, and, it, you know, or, hey, we need to sate the Forest of Suffering. We need to send the envoy with a message to make sure everything is chill. Okay, so what this, in my head, this metaphor, Godzilla is fab, but I also think about a, what's a, what's the word? This is, I'm going to edit this out. What's the word for, like, someone who doesn't give a fuck about anything? Apathetic? Yes. I think of, like, an apathetic king, where it could go either way. I have no stake in this world. I do not care. I can bring absolute carnage because it's what I do. What keeps me from doing it is the world. Is that what we're saying here? Like, because what keeps Godzilla from fucking shit up? Is that ever, like, described? Um, it is in various cases. I was sometimes about to say, based on the because, iteration, right? Sometimes it's because he's sleepy. Sometimes it's because Godzilla actually cares about people. Sometimes it is. And this is kind of where my head is at, is, like, oftentimes there are human characters that like are the conduit to Godzilla. Like there's the like researcher that's like, if yes. we play music at this angle, we can keep the beast quiet for a little while longer. And okay. that's where my head is at in with an envoy. If it is a, like we, if it is a, like the, the thing has stirred, we, you know, send the envoy with a message to keep it calm and like, and find out what, find out how to avoid this thing stirring. Okay. Can I pitch a twist on this? Please. It is not a researcher. It is not someone who has learned the ways of the Forest of Suffering. The envoy from the Forest of Suffering is more of like a construct, like mm, a woodland, okay. like a woodland uh, automaton that yeah. comes and brings the tiding. Like I'm thinking kind of horror-esque walking, like stop motion animation, kind of like the ring or the grudge, that like twisty bendy oh, movement yeah. that I comes and- love a good avatar. Yes, that, yes. And the avatar of the forest of suffering is the envoy and it tells who, what, what it needs, what it wants. Is it? Does there have to be a certain, is there something that keeps the forest of suffering in check or in balance or, or from, from unleashing an unholy terror upon the world? That is to me like a very good horror character. Cause we're like, getting into spooky season. So I'm like, I saw and, this and was like, perfect. And like in my head, I love a good friendly horror like i love a good friendly horror figure this entity this person this envoy bears with them the unspoken terror of the forest of suffering it is simply every interaction with them is brought with the like it's dealing with pinhead or yes. or having a conversation with like the candy man where it's like They'll stop and chat with you, but they might also wreck your shit in a oh, moment's notice. Absolutely. There's with this envoy of the forest of suffering, this idea of this uh, this woodland avatar, creepy, spooky thing that appears and brings the news or carries messages from the forest of suffering and back. There's a weight when they show up. Like there's ev with every footfall, it would be like, well, what news from the forest of suffering? Like. But what is the news? Like, what 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 messages does it bring from the forest of suffering? You know That's what I mean? That's what I'm trying to think about, because I think that that is, like, a sick angle. And, like, I just like the idea that there is this fucking eldritch presence outside of reality, separate from the nightmare space that is the forest of suffering. Like, the forest of suffering is beyond our cosmos. Okay, that is a lot different. And we're not that we're going in this direction, but it sounds like hell. Like, it sounds like the concept of, like, this is the place of eternal... It's not going to be, but I'm just trying to spin uh, ideas off my head, and I'm like, this sounds like a place of either eternal torment, that if unleashed... My first thought is, like, 
it's not going to be this, but like where bad people go, like, you know, mm-hmm. once you kill a villain, because we know that they go back to the ley lines and it affects like the natural order of things and like the state of we call it like the echo. You yeah. know, if if a really, really evil person is killed, the world, if they die, gets a little more evil. So you can't just solve problems with violence. But what does the forest of suffering this is it something that it simply exists and but what does it want? You know what I mean? What does it want? Um, we can we can we'll get there. I feel like that's something we can cycle back to. I think so. Okay. So is it in one place? I would love to say yes. I am looking at my little monitor in here, and it's a picture of the Pine Barrens, of course, because I'm I'm completely sane. And uh there is like a little island in this lake full of pine trees. It makes me think that it's like it's Outside of it's in fantasy, it's on fantasy, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah, yeah, I like but it's that. It's like an island, like it's in the distance, almost like if you were to look at it from afar, the sky over it is different, kind of like a chunk of a pocket dimension in fantasy that's permanent. Imagine if an island was a crater, okay, and you could walk onto this island, like it is an island that is infinite in size once you are on the island. Okay, that gives me this the viewpoint of like when you look at the horizon, it kind of is it's hard for our eyes to discern like distance once mm-hmm. if something is that far away. It's almost like no matter what, the edge of the island, no matter where you're standing is still like it just gets further and further the more you walk, the closer you yeah. get, the larger it becomes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we know it exists on fantasy on is it like in the middle of like an ocean kind of oh, island? I, th- I think so. I love the idea that it is just like a dot on the water that if you found if your boat landed on there and you set foot on it, you're probably not leaving. Okay. So it so what that tells me then that it is a forest that does not what is it doesn't want intruders, it doesn't want people tampering with it because it is the forest of suffering. Yes. But why you know what i mean like why is it it just nearly is okay big pitch for you biggest pitch you know kind of um in fantasy emotions actions affect the planet right mm-hmm. evil things have a ripple good things have a ripple the the walking someone across the street doing a good deed the world has a little bit better of a day everyone's a yeah, little yeah. bit more yeah. generous is the forest of suffering the amalgamation of pain inflicted by people does it is it something where like this is the result of maybe one person's actions long ago or like currently or is it just like every every day someone does something evil it gets bigger i want to build on that thread i want to build on that thread in a bit i don't know what i don't know yet but i like the idea that this is that this is this is somebody's somebody's something has echoed and spiraled somebody's tampering in some way maybe this is maybe bringing it back to the arcana maybe this is somebody fucked with the nightmare space and created this island of uh, created this island and this is sort of a this is sort of a terrible consequence of that oh my fucking god jeff that is brilliant but i want to put a pin in that and come back to it because i was hearing i was thinking about what you were about like we were talking about getting lost on the island and you were talking about, you know, actions having an impact that they reflect on the world. Maybe what the envoy is doing is like arriving to announce that someone has set foot on the island and that they are not leaving. Oh, like maybe it is. A, and that's what I mean by nefarious. Like maybe it is a taunt and almost a goad. If this is an island that is of suffering if this is a place that draws people in and consumes them maybe its envoy is in part trying to spur that sense of heroism oh you know, my it's okay that someone has um, I, like there's an element of almost david bowie in labyrinth right it is the like i've taken your i've taken the the child you can come you can come try and rescue them and walk into my walk into my various traps of death like it is a sense of like of like this poor sailor crashed their boat on my island they are gone and this envoy has arrived to tell someone this story so that they might get it in their head of like 
well, I guess I got to go rescue my friend. And it's like, perfect. Now I've got, now we've, now we have fed on the souls of two. It makes me think of almost like a, uh, a predatory plant that like uses story and legends and myth to, by spreading these stories, it draws more people to it. And the idea that like you could, and like the idea that, that the envoy, it's not a, a plant with hands, right? Like it's not just a natural thing that it does this. There is a conscious sentient, there is a conscious like sentient, uh, 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 conscious a culpable person, culpable person making that decision to go to someone and be like, you could try to rescue them. And the altar and the other half of that is that they are someone that can be negotiated with. They are somebody that can be told like, fuck off. Like they are somebody that can strike a truce and be like, all right, I will leave you. I will leave you alone. I will let this person find their boat and let them sail to shore. You know what I mean? Like they are a person and that is the kind of horror creature monster demon thing that I really love is the horror movie monster that is willing to say, all right, I'm going to back off this time. <laughs> so this is very appealing to me. This idea of the, the images that I'm getting are when it was made, you said it was made um, to kind of either. Okay. This is my big pitch based on all of this. In the year, can I just make a lore suggestion, like a big dump as to like its origin? Yeah. Because that's what came to me. In the early days of, we'll call it uh, demonology, people making packs with demons pre-Arcana Dim Day, because Arcana Dim Day kind of opened the floodgates of like, mm -hmm. someone whispers, you answer for the grant of power, you become basically one of the Arcana, an Arcana, someone who made, basically a warlock. You make a pact with a demon for great power you immediately begin wanting things that oppose life and fantasy. In the early days, I feel like a bargain was struck. And uh, I feel like the demons have been constantly been trying to make a foothold in fantasy. Kind of like creating the idea of the Spire Obscura right now, where the, demon, uh, the demons and Arcana and all the Arcana live, mm -hmm. is the new version. Is this the OG first attempt failed where someone tried to do this or no, is this something else? I, I do like that. I like that vibe that even unbeknownst to them, they like try, they heard the whispers of like, make a home for us, make a I, home for us. I really like, I like that a lot. I like the idea that this is a, 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 yes, this is a place of arcane power that is very old, older than the life of anyone that would be alive to understand that in fantasy like the only remnant of this place is this forest is the forest where a ritual where like uh, a, a a bargain was maybe uh attempted to be struck or unsuccessfully struck and it just kind of like it, it imploded in such a way that the only thing that remains is this forest that is marked by a kind of hunger that can never really be sated yes because what I'm getting from the stuff that all the stuff that you said about the envoy and things like that is it's something deeper and more horrifying than just a demon, you know, looking to eat people, blah, 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 blah. I feel like long ago there was someone who tried to make a pact with a whispering demon saying, make a home for us in your world. Make space for us. Claim a forest. Claim an island. They, I don't know, slammed a dagger or a knife into stone to, or like, you know, they made a big circle in a forest on an island to create this space. It failed. They were ripped atom by atom because mm -hmm. the, the practice was wrong. Everything, the demons came through, they melded with this person, but it, nothing went right. And instead of it becoming this, what we'd think of as like one of the arcana, someone who works almost like in uh, symbi symbiosis with a demon. It's sort of, in fantasy magic rules, this whole thing we talked about, emotions and intent, it just became the essence of suffering took over. Just, mm -hmm. the, just the, the, uh, the feeling of malice and rage and wanting to inflict pain is what actually claimed this space. And I feel like it used to be larger. It used to be a regular ass forest that this person lived in and perhaps I don't I don't know we don't know anything about them yet they did this ritual this shoddy messy fucked up ritual and in it 
condensed the isle, the, their entire region into this tiny little island of forest. That is, every molecule of it is suffering, is pain. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a pl- uh, uh, infected with the concept of inflicting harm on things that are alive. And that is what the forest of suffering like is at its core. It's not demonic. It's not of fantasy. It is the concept of pain and suffering made shape in this land. Does that work? I like that. And I like that the, the, the culmination of that is just that there is a, there is a place that is like, that there's some there's a place that is suffering and the idea that there is so much suffering in this place that it has rendered and that like because the ritual was unsuccessful right yeah and because of perhaps like this place also being made up of all of the people that got lost in it oh there is this that like this envoy goes out and like tries to goad people. And it is this sense of like, if you come here, you will be ripped Adam from Adam and live in a turn and like, you know, be lost in the woods for an eternity of suffering. It is the idea that that, that there is a presence that will appear to people and be like, you could go, you could be the hero. You could go chase, you could go chase this down. You could break this seal because if, if there's a ritual that is made, it can be unbound. It can be broken. Or you can just go rescue, even if it's as simple as like, as yeah, like rescuing somebody, a friend. somebody, your friend is, your friend has been taken. You could go rescue them. Like that is such a good devil's bargain of like, you are going to walk into this place and be ruined. Like you are going to feed the island if you heed this, all this bargain, but it is going to tempt you with, uh, they're going to tempt you with the thing that they know will, will cut the deepest. Okay. So and that is what makes this very sexy, Jeff. Sorry, please continue. I'll I'll, I'll chime in afterward. Uh, like that's a very good and compelling just horror monster to appear and try to tempt you to an island where there is only suffering. The 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 idea of temptation because I'm like, why the fuck would anybody go to this island? I feel like the most horrifying thing about the envoy is because it's the avatar of the concept of suffering. It appears in many forms to you to kind of tempt you with something you want more than anything in the world. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the kind of horror, scary suspense thing where it's like, you know, if you're if you're a fantasy loving adventurer and you love dungeon diving, there would be a person at the bar who calls over to you and is like, adventure, I need you. There is an island in the water out there. You sail beyond the sun, beyond the birds, everything. There sealed away is a dagger that can unmake reality. If only you could get it. I bet you could copy its power, too. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, is it that kind of temptation? Do people I, know it exists or is it deceitful? I want to pull on this thread. I want to put a, I want to put a different spin on this, but yeah. in that same vein, because I really like that. Because you've pointed out something in my head that is very, very juicy to this particular horror monster and that is if you are goading people into uh, visiting just an evil fucking island if the world is full of capital a adventures you have a very easy fucking job i was about to say it's like it's like shooting fish in a fucking barrel if you have some D D ass motherfuckers looking to swing their sword and cast their firebolts you know i still i want to keep that that gloating hook of like I have stole like of somebody's boat crashed on my island and they're never going to leave that island unless there were some hero that could rush in with a party of adventurers and save them. It is offering you an adventuring. It is offering an adventuring party an adventuring hook of like, I have to go rescue someone. Huzzah. We are going to go smash up. And then it's like, well, yeah, you've all doomed yourselves to, to walk into an island of suffering forever because you were foolish enough to think that you were the heroes that could break something ah. ancient and evil and unthinkable. And maybe that person, maybe that person then walks away. Like maybe that person, maybe, you know, the island fed on six people instead of one person. I don't need some poor sailor who landed here on a lark when I could get six people who made that choice because they had the, they, they had the unabashed gall to think that they could think that they could, uh, they could defeat me. I I like this concept a lot because it's not just like, oh, it preys on adventurers who are trying to do the right thing. 
it's kind of like the idea that you can, even in a world of magic, you can undo the concept of suffering. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's more, I feel like it feeds on the egotistical idea of like, well, if we if we destroy the island, if we break this ancient seal, would not suffering vanish? Huzzah, adventuring party. Oh, wait, which which I would totally want to do. That's why I'm like, what is it? What what kind of people are falling for this? Because like, if someone told me like there is an island that is the concept of, is it one of those things in fantasy where they don't know what it is? Or do people know what this is? I think people because, know what this is. I like okay. the idea that the envoy shows up and you know what the fuck the envoy of the forest of okay. suffering is. It makes me think of like uh, in an anime arc, someone who issues like a, announces the tournament. You know what I mean? Someone who mm-hmm. comes and is like, like, you know, the envoy arrives like, uh, you know, they arrive in a meteor or they come from the they come from underground like a tree, you know, and they stand in the center of town and they're like, I challenge you all, your best warriors to save this poor soul who came to the island, the forest of suffering. Will you try to clear it and res- save them? Or will you attempt like, is it that kind of issue a challenge? If the island's goal is to feed on people that are foolish enough to think that they can fight the island and win. Maybe you can negotiate with this thing. Oh, okay. Maybe it is a sense of like, I have stolen this sailor and they will suffer for eternity unless you are bravest warriors. You can send a message back and be like, we like, I'm thinking about Star Trek and I'm thinking about Q and I'm thinking <laughs> about like this omnipresent villain that you can like talk to and be like, I'll play in chess for it or like do some other thing and it's like i really was kind of hoping that people would show up and try to like smash it with swords I love. if you're just going to like play me in chess i'll play you in chess and if you win like you know what i mean like yeah. the envoy wants you to come and fight and struggle and suffer because the longer that you fight the more that you're going to suffer it wants I love. this it wants this because it wants you to suffer and fight for eternity until it truly just you know renders you into nothing it grinds you into dust if you're going to be like, I'm just going to appeal to you and say that this is a person that I care about and I would like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to fight. I just, you know, want to like talk to you and then level with you. Well, that's not very fun. I might not, I, you know, depending yeah. on the day, like it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. It's not like, a well, the answer is peace. It's like there are times where it's like, no, this is boring. You can have your friend back. I'm not interested in dealing with this anymore. Good day. I'd like to make a pitch on the idea of it finding, uh, uh, like, games and things that don't involve violence boring. Mm-hmm. What if the way to challenge the envoy, because I keep thinking about the concept of suffering. This envoy is the literal embodiment. If we're saying it's the avatar, it is the avatar of pain and suffering. How do you defeat pain and suffering, Jeff? In my opinion... In this situation, is it by accepting it? Is it by get, knowing that it is inevitable and a part of life? Ooh. Is this a game that some people have to play? You know what I mean? Is it something when the envoy mm. comes, you're like, well, this is like, okay, here's, this is my big pitch. The envoy comes to you, specific people, specific places, because it has wronged them. It has mm-hmm. done, it has inflicted pain and suffering upon them by taking someone, by wiping out their crops, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it challenges them to invite them to the island, you know, come on in, basically. And I feel like what it needs to do is in order to, well, I don't know, because I'm kind of, I'm, I'm struggling with the idea of it wants to inflict pain and suffering upon people, right? Does it need a person to come to the island to perpetuate that. I'm trying to think of a cyclical thing of kind of inevitability. You have to come to the island to do this, but you can get out if you accept what fucking punishment, pain and suffering, overcoming it. I think you know? hearing you talk about this, it's a it, 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 it. We're thinking about horror movies. We're pulling on horror movie logic. If you engage the horror if you engage the the horror the horror movie bargain, you've already lost. I yeah. I'm pulling on the idea that like this entity, they come to you and say, "I have burned your crops. I have someone has landed on my island, and they will suffer for eternity unless you can beat me. Unless you can unless you can come to the island and and defeat me, and 
I like the and it is you know however you wish to defeat them they will you know they will they will accept your terms of engagement if you're like I'm gonna be, I'm the best fiddle player in the world I'll beat you in a fiddle contest you're gonna go to the island and you're gonna play in a miserable concert for eternity and suffer the undoing of that is working as a community to ease that suffering together okay it is is the best way to describe it it is that community eases suffering together because that was my thought of so. Hey, listener, this is a big concept. We're breaking it down together as a family. My thought is, uh, uh, I go to the island, right? My dumb ass goes to the island because I'm a hero and I want to break. I literally, without the envoy prompting me, my ass heads to the forest of fucking suffering. Sure. B- because I'm like, I want to heal the planet. I want to do right. I want to take this thing out by any means necessary. You can't. Great. Good job. So I get there. I am in eternal fucking damnation. It fucking sucks over there. I am watching Cheers on loop for all eternity. <laughs> I am fighting every day. No, but like based on whatever, you know, it's it, it varies. I'd like to think that it's just like a place of like, just to simplify it, you just fight. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's a place of like something kicks your ass, you know? You are constantly, you are constantly beset upon by the horrors. Yeah, it is. It is a level one hundred dungeon, and you cap out at level twenty. You ain't. You ain't gonna make it out. It's gonna be fucking rough. So, if that's the case, can I, the villager? Now I'm the vill. You're the villager. You are from my town. The envoy goes, Jeff. Aaron came to my island. Would you like to get him back? Would you like to save him? Would you like to challenge the island? And if you, is it? Does anybody want to trade places? Is that the game? Because if you can't win, Jeff, I know this is huge and this is, I feel almost like, I'm like, God, is this episode bad or is this just messy and hard? Messy and hard. There's, this is good. I Okay. Because my question is like, how to save me? Is it that one, there is no saving me and the community must accept that I am gone and I'm a fucking moron? Or two, is it, Someone got to swap places with me. I like accepting. I like accepting that the island took them. Like my father's not coming back. They're gone now. It is accepting. It is moving forward. It is, you know, the way to address suffering is to accept. It is to allow yourself to suffer and to say, I'm going to take the steps to move forward. It's denying the call to action. What it is. This is a cursed cursed call to action. This is denying the call to action. Or it is simply asking the question of hey well, this sucks can we actually just have them back like the, like it is the i we are not going to embark on whatever journey you want us to take if you I'm not are gonna jump into shark infested waters no yeah. I, I can will not you do just that. can you just give us our friend back like there's a non-zero there's an outside chance that they'll that they'll go if you're not going to play, I'm not, I'm done. I'm not interested. You know what I mean? It is a sense of like, of there is a non-zero chance that if you ask, you ask nicely, they might just go, all right, fuck it. I don't care anymore. Or it is just, well, my friend is gone and we have to move forward and we have to move forward together. And then there's an outside chance that this entity, this being will go like, I only really grabbed him so that I could try to lure in more people. If they're not going to, if they're not going to do the job and lure in more people, I'm not really interested. They're not interesting enough to keep me, to, to keep me entertained. So be gone off of my Island. May I make a massive pitch? Yes. The forest of suffering was originally a, a person who made a pact with a demon to create a home for them in fantasy, make us a hospitable demon lair. Great. The bargain is struck. The knife slams into the stone, surrounded by salt and candles and, you know, occult shit. The island twists and the a scream of suffering is let out. You know, agony from this warlock as this demon is also ripped from the, uh, um, uh, what's it called? The, the cosmic plane and merged into this instead of a bargain being made between the two it becomes this horrible combination of chaos and order and anger and rage and bitterness creating poisoning the landscape twisting it to something otherworldly into the forest of suffering yeah eons go by years go by the age of adventuring the way to there is no bargaining 
to do this in the in the olden days, if someone takes you, you either go in after them or you accept that Aaron is gone. You accept that Aaron is Aaron Aaron did what he did and that that's that's his cross to bear and we kind of got to throw our hands up cuz I'm thinking of the AMFC uh formula of we used to do things this way, but now we do them this way because we have learned. Years go by. The age of heroes, it's kind of like this scary place that dumbasses can go to. There's a lot of those in fantasy where it's like, if you go poking where you don't belong, you're going to get your ass clapped. The Forest of Suffering is no exception. And back in the day, a lot of people would ask to trade places, you know, to do all these things like that normal people would totally do. Like, I would love to trade places with my son so that I can take that punishment instead. Forest of Suffering is like, great, as long as somebody's feeling fucking agony. That is until... That is until a historical figure, Jeff, if I can make this big pitch, doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. real, a historical figure who has been stripped of everything in her life up to this point. The love of her life was just cut down by someone she trusted more than anything in the world. You had mentioned a long time ago that the one Lumina Dawnspear, leader of Dragon, who challenged Arthur to combat the Battle of Iron Hill and her fearsome 19 knights against Iron Hill's forces. And as Arthur lies dead and Jeremy goes berserk and starts wiping out the 19 knights, Lumina Dawnspear faded from kind of this reality. You said she didn't die. She kind of left because she has the ability to kind of like traverse planes of reality. What I would like to pitch to you is at the height, 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 height of Lumina's grief, this motherfucker appeared to her, had the audacity to appear to her and said, you know, I can make it happen. Do you want me to bring her back? I can do it. And Lumina said, no. However, I would like to add a caveat to this game because Lumina is a very strong being. This is all tying into the stuff we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. We had mentioned a couple episodes ago that magic and fantasy is wills. It's willpower, it's love, it's passion, it's it's something inside of you that you can yeah, only yeah. describe as almost will. Luminous will is so strong that the bargain she struck with the forest of suffering was so that for generations to come, you don't just have to take it on the chin. You can do something as silly as challenge it to a game of checkers. You can do something as to say, no, we simply don't want to. And the being might be so moved by that act of meh, that your friend or comrade, your family member is returned. The Forest of Suffering used to be a very large piece of land in fantasy, a very large island, a region we said was consumed by this ritual. But the act of someone saying, if you can have me, if you can take me, if I can make this bargain for the world, I want your game to have different rules, kind of... Lumina Dawnspear challenged the envoy of the Forest of Misery, or Suffering, basically to a battle of wills. The forest kind of lost. And now, like you said, if you don't want to play the game, you might get him back. And the thing, the, the envoy might be swayed. Is it because of someone's sacrifice in the past is kind of what I'm saying. I want to put a spin on that. Please. I want to say no, but all of that is good. I just don't necessarily know if I want this, if I want that to be a sacrifice as much as I want that to be like a sick stunt. Oh, so like a trick. Here, like play the trick on the envoy? What I want to propose. We had said if you if you engage in horror movie rules, if you engage with the monster, you're probably going to die. Yep. That used to be the case. Part of this, uh, and, and you had said this, the envoy knows how to, knows the words to say, the thing to offer, the the threat to make, the horrible act to do. To make you engage with them. Mm -hmm. They know. Easy. That temptation is so powerful that for generations it was an edict. And that was part of what drove people to their demise. If if you were offered like you engaged with the with the threat, you were gonna go to the island and suffer. And it be and it grew and as people suffered, the island grew. It was a region, it it thrived. Lumina, in this moment, was given the offer. As she shimmered away into places unknown, in one final gesture, the last message that would go into the minds of everyone in fantasy 
the channeling the full power of herself and the love of her life and the quill pen and the prism in conversation with one another. A message rang out that rang into the minds of people for generations to come and withered this down to an island. You can just say no. You can just deny it. I love that. Like that magic. Because again, magic is wills. Like these are all yeah. things. This is everything yeah. you said. The idea that that she was like, no, fuck this. And in fact, everyone, the one thing I want you to remember before I disappear off of this plane of existence to go to who knows where. If this fucker shows up in your house, you can just tell him to fuck off. You don't like you can you can do all of the temptations you want. They can simply deny you. And it is that magical edict has kept the island in check for generations. There are still people that fall for it. The island is still there. But it is a magical edict that said, this is not like you are not bound to this contract. If you say no, there is not there is not a damn thing that this entity can do to force you to say yes. I love this. It's It ties in so many themes about our show because we decided a long time ago in Lumina's episode that when Arthur dies, she's like, nope, this is not where the hell have we gotten and mm-hmm. fades into a for- different realm of reality. If the actions and the deeds and the energy that you put out echoes forth into the world, a being of power like that can just whisper something and it can affect the generations of the planet for a thousand years. Like, I feel like as Arthur died at the Battle of Iron Hill, everyone was almost born with like a, a silly giggle in their heart. You know, they they laughed a little harder at things, a little longer. They saw things a little lighter, but they were also a little more suspicious and untrusting. But someone, in addition, someone like Lumina Dawnspear looking at Big Jeremy murdering people, seeing the carnage, that like this, these horrors that defined it. Like, as we always say, at the Battle of Iron Hill, after that, things changed in fantasy. Mm-hmm. May I make the pitch that it's because Lumina Dawnspear walking away, ending the era of the Five Jeweled Crown, a being that strong saying, no more, almost echoed throughout the cosmos of this planet and caused like a cataclysmic shift in people's hearts to be like, we will not engage with bullshit anymore. We're not going to fucking fight for territory and fight for stupid things. We're not going to battle for castles. We're not going to engage with archaic beings that can offer us riches. Like, we're, we're, it, it was kind of a cultural shift caused by all these things. And I like to, if I can just make a pitch that... The, the, the day that the envoy of the Forest of Suffering came to Lumina was like the literal night before Iron Hill. Mm-hmm. So it's like the absolute fucking lowest point to drive her to be like, you know what? No, this is fucking terrible. This is this is where we're basically going. Where the fuck have we gotten? Why are we basically living in D&D world? Ew. And is that kind of the the echo of willpower that echoed throughout? And it, in turn, was it, it was caused by many things, but it caused this fucking island to rescind. I, this idea yeah. of you can reject, you can reject violence and vengeance and rage and suffer. Like the concept of suffering is eternal, but you do not have to feed it with the fires of violence and hatred and anger and revenge. It doesn't get you anywhere. It only gets you back to the fucking island, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I love, is is that the idea? That it, it was just, It ugh. was, a message went out to the universe that said, you can say no, you can, you can walk away. And people walked away and the island withered from a region to a tiny little blip on the water. It's always going to still be there. As long as there are people who are, who are going to think that they can, they can violence and muscle their way out of suffering that island will will grow and thrive and exist but as long as that they there are people that will hear that message of you can say no yeah it is okay to allow yourself to to suffer and to find and to find peace in that suffering because the 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 interesting thing about our world and the magic that we've created is being powered by willpower and by love and emotion and life the concept of life itself is that when that bleeds into ego, 
when ego gets added in, it gets yeah. complicated because if my willpower is, I am an all powerful, you know, tank warrior paladin type and my will is strong as fuck. You know, I believe in myself. The energy that I'm putting out there is strong. If I'm up, but also an egomaniac or, you know, that's that's the, the fun game we play is it is all about intention and fantasy. You can, an evil wizard is a willpower that's strong as shit, but it's the direction that it's placed and fine-tuned that makes it an evil laser beam or one that, like, you know, cleans up a river. And that's kind of the tale of this whole thing is it's all in how you approach this kind of energy and this shitty the shitty sentiment that will be eternal in the world, unfortunately, how you approach it will dictate generations to come and how they approach the island as well. Is there a little phrase about the island that people say? You don't got to go to the island. Okay. That would be like someone grabbing Batman by the wrist and being like as a kid and going, Bruce, you don't have to go to the island. You don't have to make this your whole life. You know, is that kind of the phrase? Yeah. You don't have to go to the island. And it's also like just a just a saying for like you can let you can let this go. Yeah, you yeah. Can, you don't have to go to the island. I love I I because it, it it makes me. I know we've been talking for a while. Hey, listener, if you're still with us, um, it it makes me think of something my mom said about when you lose someone that you love. She's always like, you do not get over it, but you do get through it. Mm-hmm. And it is a thing of like you you don't have to go. It's sort of like. So something I would like to um, throw out about the island is if if you are standing and gazing at the horizon and you're in a shit place, you'll fucking see it. Oh, I like that. That's good. When you're suffering, when you're really at a low point and you're really in like that, not like, you know, you fucking stub your toe, but when you're at real life shit is happening to you and you look up, you'll see those fucking trees. That thing will glow in the distance. But you don't have to go to that island. You don't gotta go but to the you, island. But you can acknowledge that it's there. And you can get through that feeling. You do not have to get in the boat. You do not have to fly over there. But you can look at it, understand it, go, oh, okay, that will never go away. But I don't have to go there. I don't have to engage in eternal suffering. You know, I don't have to willingly jump onto eternal suffering. Is kind of the gigantic amount of thing that we've been fucking saying. But... I kind of love this a lot, Jeff. We got there. We got there. Oh, I love how... <laughs> I hope it wasn't too out of left field deus ex machina that I brought in that old thing. No, I think it's but good. I think it's good. I, I kept thinking about lately uh, the idea of echoing stuff in the ley lines and things. And if we have this big theme of like, we will never go back to the times that we were, that there was evil and bad and shit in the world this optimistic fantasy there has to be these massive moments of cultural shift in the world and now we've added yet another one that's like yeah why don't we go back to the age of adventuring i'm like do you remember how big the fucking island was back then Mm -hmm. oh my god we were all so fucking miserable you would open a window to get some fresh air you'd see a fucking tree from the island that shit was like around the block I like that. God, this bangs. Is that a wrap? Yeah, it's a wrap. We got there. God, that's a wrap. Thank you so much, uh, Alice, Magical Girl Kira, for your prompt. If you would like to submit a prompt to our own little podcast that could so that we can create an original fantasy world detail like an island of suffering, there's a lot of ways you can do it. (laughs) Jeff? You can tweet at us, or as long as that's a fucking thing, at Alma, <laughs> at AMFC underscore podcast, uh, using the hashtag fantasy children. You can send them to us on Tumblr at allmyfantasychildren.tumblr.com. You can uh, email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. There's another thing that I said that I don't even think is worth mentioning at this point, but you can also go to Discord at bit.ly slash AMFC Discord and post them in the prompt submission channel. Yeah, Discord's super good because that search function is slapper. It's really, uh, it's really kind good. of the ideal. Yeah, it's the ideal one. I'm literally looking at it right now, my iPad in front of me. It's a lovely thing. All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the Moonshot Podcast Network. Moonshot <laughs> Network is a collection of podcasts with a focus on experimental audio, uplifting creators, and doing cool, weird shit. It is a bunch yeah. of shows that we love, a bunch of streams, fundraisers, uh, special events, podcasts. It's just, it's cool creators doing cool things, and it is a, a network that I care about very deeply. Wacky dacky do. Let's go Here to the moon. the moon. 
Um, Jeff, you have other things that you make on the internet that you place them there. And then they I sure live. do. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week I sit down with a friend. We play a two-player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. And new episodes can be found at partyofonepodcast.com. Boom. Do you have a verbal hug this week? My verbal hug this week is... Hmm. Okay, I have one. Go for it. Um... It's okay to uh, struggle creatively. Like this episode, I have to catch myself sometimes when we are recording of going, is this good content? God, is this fucking boring or not? I bet the listener's completely checked out. Fuck, 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 fuck. And I have to let go of that. So I'm telling you to don't be like me. Enjoy the process sometimes. Don't don't edit yourself as words are coming out. You know, it's hard to fight, but enjoy. Let go. Be a nerd of your own bullshit. Let, let deus ex machina come over and take over you if that's what you want to interject into the story. That's okay, too. You know, it's just about making the thing, enjoying the thing, and being happy while creating the thing. Um... I do have one, and that is, um, if you are a person that makes things, if you are a person that uh, is making art and putting art in the world, I think it is unproductive to say don't compare yourself to others. I think that is something that is going to inevitably happen at some point or another over the course of making things, especially making things in a... Uh, in a world that is broken in the very specific way that our world is broken, you're going to there. There are times where you are going to to look at the the work of others and say, "God, I wish that was me," or "God, I wish," or what? Like, you know what I mean? There are times oh, where you're going my to God, compare that's my yourself. entire fucking life is that that is a thing that is that 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 is likely to happen is a thing that is inevitable, but it is also a thing that you know. You don't have to. You don't have to go to the island. <laughs> you don't gotta go to the island. You don't gotta go to the island. Like you there really is a time. Don't. You know you are allowed to to like Aaron said. You are allowed to struggle sometimes. You are yeah. allowed to feel weighed down sometimes. But sometimes it is about like accepting that and allowing it to pass through you and making your way through it as best you can. Or or yeah. or or finding a way forward in spite of feeling the way that you're feeling. Yeah. The island comes for all of us. It's it's mm-hmm. a part it's become as a part of fantasy as it is our world. It's a part of life. However, you don't have to go to it will you don't have to march to pain willingly. And that sometimes that journey is harder than others. But, you know, we all just trying to do our best, whether that's comparisons, whether that's uh, you know, real life dark shit. It, it's something that we all can aspire and try to do so that we can make, you know, a change in our life and hopefully in somebody else's as well going through. It's literally the real what we're describing, too, is the reason verbal hugs exist is like I've been having this problem lately. I hope if you're going through the same thing, we connect and you don't feel that way anymore. And me saying it out loud makes me feel less shitty about it. That's pretty much my entire contribution to this episode of like. You know, I'd mention stuff all the time, like, I compare myself to everyone. I, I'm envious of everybody who's famous. And I'm like, don't do what I'm doing. But if you do, you are not alone. All of us are gazing out at the island. But if we hold hands, we don't have to get in the boat together. <laughs> oh, is that all we do on this show? That's all we do on this show. God damn. Until next time. Good night and good game. Junior Wizards, Senior Wizard Aaron here, and I want to give a little clarification. I asked the Discord if it would be helpful to give some more information on ages or eras in fantasy's history because we've been mentioning a lot the Age of Heroes and the Age of the Five Jewel Crown and how they fit into a lot of character stories, and I'd like to talk about that real quick. 
If you need clarification on our creation myth, by the way, go to our YouTube page, go to the search bar, put in All My Fantasy Children Explained, and in there you'll find a video where I summarize our creation myth with animations, <laughs> MS Paint, but still, it's helpful. Anywho, ages in fantasy, uh, you can explain best the age of heroes as a bookend. Two books on the end that are the Age of Heroes, and in the center is the Age of the Five Jeweled Crown. Now, once fantasy is created, there's early fantasy, which is before any sort of formal power structures. The cultures are still developing. They're building up. People are discovering magic, learning, things like that. Then comes the Age of Heroes. It's when the cities are here. We're booming. We're bustling. Moon Crescent exists. Iron Hill exists. Geode exists. They all exist in various forms that are different than what we'd compare to modern fantasy, especially in power structure. This is for, oh, hello, emails. This is, for example, when the royal houses are running Moon Crescent. That's that power structure. Early machine god churning away, making geode dope. Uh, Sprout Brussels has always ruled Purethra Guild, but this is when we're still living in the trees and we're still living amongst the forest and still carving out an existence within the haunted woods. That's Purethra Guild's journey. Dragon, bustling, chilling, hanging, tournaments, challenges. Early dragon is focused a lot on competition. That's the eras that we're talking about here. And as people are getting more powerful, people are learning about magic, there's not really a big, great leadership involved in the world. This is when the Age of Heroes begins, because people are strong as fuck. People are learning a lot about magic and the world, and they're hungry. Their cities are built, they are safe, beacons of light have been created, so they want to venture out. Think of every Dungeons & Dragons party you've ever had. You got three to five powerful motherfuckers curious about the world and all the treasures out there and all the challenges and the who can I become in this age of exploration. I'm going to go out there and carve out some glory for myself and find out who I want to be. But in doing that, as we know, in a lot of dungeon crawly adventures, that involves killing a lot of monsters, which in fantasy is a complicated issue that's not just, yeah, you just fucking kill them. A lot of violence, a lot of exploration, a lot of looting tombs and caves and kicking monsters out of their homes so that we can get the legendary sword back there. This is a very Wizard Van episode era. So then... In comes the five jeweled crown. They had always been around, you know, they're people who have this power, but this is when they become the seats of power in the world. And we are calling back to the five in our creation myth who have always, for most of their worlds that they've created, if you listen to the creation myth, this will make sense. The five are beings who have always provided care for all of their worlds, taking care of everything that the world needs, and they keep a watchful eye to eliminate threats. In fantasy, the five decided to become the ley lines and let the world make their own choices. However, history tends to repeat. So the five jeweled crown rises to power and think, well, we're like Power Rangers. We're like gods. We got to keep the world safe. We should run the cities. We should keep our fantasy children safe and protected from threats and things like that. We'll be the rulers. We'll be kings. You know, we know best. We're really fucking strong. We've been alive for a long time and we've we lived through the age of heroes. Let's be leaders. So they do, which causes this time period to have a lot of problems as you can't have five people running the entire planet. So, Nymphaea Lachis causes the Nocturne accidentally, freezes Moon Crescent. Arthur duels Nymphaea Lachis, kills her. Lumina Dawnspear, super pissed off from killing her wife, kills Arthur in a way. This causes a lot of fuckery all over the world. Sprout Brussels hangs up his cap. He vanishes into the ether. The machine god goes silent, but still churning away. And it leaves a power vacuum for the new age of heroes to rise. This one, albeit, is much shorter. Because of the effects of the Five Jeweled Crown, people learned a lot from that era and said, fuck this. We are more than people who can just explore and rip up our world and completely fucking destroy it. This is where Jeff and I's concept of optimistic fantasy comes in. As the capital A adventurers run rampant once more as the Five Jeweled Crown, crown uh, crumbled, 
people decided to say, no, enough, stop, we're done with this. We're going to be nice to each other. We're going to be nice to our world. We're going to be more considerate. We're going to be kinder. And that is modern fantasy where things like wizard exist and our joyful tales of Big Jeremy and Spot L. Shellman and even, yes, the Circus of Misery because there will always be assholes in fantasy. But in modern fantasy, there will always be a hero to beat the shit out of them and put them in their place, not a hero there to destroy the world and cause hurt. Now, this, of course, eventually leads to the dark timeline with Celeste Verna, where the ley lines are wounded, almost killed, and John Pierre from our very early episodes and Celeste have to bring them back. And we're going to be exploring that in a lot of other ways soon, but we'll talk about that later. But that is eras. That are eras in fantasy. Think early fantasy after the creation myth, followed by Age of Heroes. Everything's shitty and a lot of violence, but people are really strong. Five Jeweled Crown. Everybody comes into check, and there are formal leaders in this world for kingdoms. That gets fucked up with a ton of violence. The Battle of Iron Hill happens, leading to a new age of heroes, which is very, very, very short, but still exists in terms of fantasy scale, which then leads to modern fantasy, followed by the dark future timeline ruled by shadow where demons walk freely. I hope that was helpful. I'm exhausted. I know you are, so I'll let you go. I can't wait to join you hand in hand on our next adventure. I love you a lot. Thanks for listening, Junior Wizard.